We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Is preppers. Preppers. If you, if you were to search this on the internet, you would find immense amount of information about people who are preparing for the future. I went on there and literally there are hundreds, maybe thousands of websites of people who are preppers. I was thinking about this and in my lifetime there's only been one incident to where I remember uh, the church and our nation became very unraveled very quickly. If you are not old enough to remember this, I will tell you about it. It will be a history lesson. But in 1999, there was this great upheaval in America because they were afraid that when the computers changed from 1999 to the year 2000, everything would be thrown into chaos. Banks would be closed. You can no longer get your money out of the bank. If you had any money in there, it would be gone, zeroed out. Uh, my wife was in banking for two years before that. She was going to conference after conference, training what to do, what to do. I remember in March of that year, people coming to me as the pastor. Pastor, when are you going to start preaching all this? You've got to get us prepared. Get us prepared. I said, there'll be plenty of time. Just wait. Televangelists were telling people, get all your monies out of the bank. Go buy uh, you know, food, put it in your, in your house. Get gallons and gallons of water. All these things prepping, prepping, prepping. And so November of 1999, I preached my message. Here's the way I started. It was entitled Y2K. And I started it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to inform you that my wife and I have already stored up 40,000 gallons of water at our home. Pastor, you did that and you didn't tell us? I didn't tell you. I've been preparing in advance. We have a swimming pool in our backyard. It held 40,000 gallons of water. We did not buy a generator. We did not buy barrels of water. We did not buy food. Because I read the Word of God. But I was amazed at how many church people let fear grip their hearts. And I preached a message and I said, on January the 1st, I will preach you another message. I promise you, we will all still be here. But I will debunk all of the things that the church leaders of our society were putting fear into the church. And I said, you know what? They claim to be prophets. So if what they say happens is true, then they are what? True prophets. But if what they say is not true, then they are liars, false prophets. And can I tell you that nothing they said happened? My wife had to be at the bank at midnight. She was expecting chaos and crisis. Flipped over, non-event. Now today we still have people who are, who are getting ready for the future. They're storing up all these foods, these MREs and all the water, and they've got guns and ammunition and piled up, piled up, piled up. Because when the government fails, we're going to take care of our family. We're going to take care of our... I have no issues with that. I don't. But I biblically would rather that we prepare for something different. I believe that God will take care of you. 
if you are a born-again Christian. So today I want to talk about preppers, but I want to come at it from the view of being a spiritual preparer. So in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 17, it says, Not that I have already obtained all this. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. He's in prison, by the way. Or have I already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul has some goals set in his life. All of us then, who are mature, I realize that my church was full of a lot of immature Christians, but all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to, I love that, let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example. I, I love Paul saying that. He said, hey, I, I am following Christ and I'm an example to you. You are an example to other people that are watching your life. Paul says, hey, let's join together in following brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. In other words, we are a model of how to live. But you also are a model. And then keep your eyes on people who are modeling the lifestyle that will get you to heaven. Prepping. What are you prepping for? In the last three weeks I've preached three memorial services. All of them very different. I wonder today, are you prepared for your future? Because preppers do not presume. They don't presume that life is always going to be the way it is. They don't presume that we're going to have... A tomorrow. They are not arrogant about the future. I've had people be arrogant with me. Oh, I've got all kinds of time, Pastor. Do you? Ms. Veronica had a close call yesterday. You might have a close call today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Let's don't get arrogant about our futures because we can't presume that we have one. Preppers do not predict. Predictions are done by analysts. Predictions are done by forecasters. We're not analysts or forecasters. The Bible tells us that only God knows the future. And these are not born from the heart of men, but these are born from the mind of God. Prophecy is born in the mind of God. We need to understand the prophecies of the Word of God. Preppers do not procrastinate. They don't wait until something bad happens. They prepare in the future. They're ready today. If you were to talk to these preppers that are part of this society, oh, they're ready for it to happen any moment. The government could crash today and they go, I'm ready, man. I've got food. I've got water. We, we, we've got our family together. They know what to do. We are ready. We have everything to go in the present. I wonder today, do you have everything in your life ready to go right now? What if an angel shouts and a trumpet sounds? Is everything in your life ready right now? You've prepared for the future. Preppers celebrate the past. They do. But they don't get hung up on the past. Paul says we need to forget about what is behind and always strain for that which is in the future. 
Strain for that which is still in front of us. If you celebrate the past and stay there, it's called living in the past. Have you ever met people who lived in the past? I have. You don't want to hang around them too long because all they want to discuss is what happened in the past. I want to know what's happening today. Preppers seize the present. Listen, the present is all that we have. We've got to spend it wisely. There, there was an old saying, and a lot of preachers said this when I was growing up. The past is a canceled check. The future is a promissory note. The present check is to be written. All we have is right now. And preppers embrace the future. They don't accept, well, whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera. Preppers are people who are looking forward. I am ready for the future. I, I love that we are needing to be, and challenged by Paul, I want you to be prepared for whatever's coming your way. Paul was in prison. He had what was called the Appian Way. That was the name of the road. They took him out of the prison, led him down the Appian Way, and he was beheaded. And Paul said, you know what? I still haven't attained it all. But I am looking forward. And then before he was about to be killed, he said, I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering. Little did he know that the pouring out could be physical from his neck where he was beheaded, but he was also pouring out his love and praise unto his God. Man, Paul was ready for his future. Today, I don't know what your future holds. I don't know what mine holds. Only God knows that. But you know what? I'm prepared for it. My faith is strong. My belief in God is strong. And whatever he brings into my path, we're going to fight together. Me and Sandy and my family, we're going to be together on this thing. We're going to join together. You know what? Now, me and my church, we're going to join together. I thank God for so many of you praying for Sandy and so many praying for you and all the things that we've gone through in two years. I was thinking back to the day, wow, the devil really hates us. Yay. And he hates you. Yes. If you're on his hit list, celebrate it. He knows my name. Yeah. He doesn't like me. For, and I hate him. It's a mutual feeling. But I've got somebody who's on my side who says, I know your future and I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to walk right through the fire with you. I'm going to walk through the deep waters with you. I've got you. You know why? Because I'm prepared for whatever happens in my life. And I want you to be prepared. Don't fear it. Embrace it. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Sandy told me just this week, I would die for you. Just out of the blue. Like, you know something I don't know? I would, I would willingly die for her. And I told her, I said, I would die for you too. You know why? Because I know it wouldn't be long until I'd see you again. The dying's the easy part. It's where you find your living eternity at might be the hard part. Because I want to tell you, there, there's a message going around today in the church that everybody's going to heaven. Everybody's going to make it. They haven't read the book. The book said there's a wide road that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. But there's a narrow road to lead to life eternal. And few there be that find it. Now, I'm not an exclusive. Inclusionist nor an elitist, 
But I am one who reads the word of God. And I'm going to tell you, not everybody's going to heaven. There's going to be those who are not prepared. But we are here today to prepare. This is our time to get prepared. So if I knew that there was going to be an atomic blast in America, I would tell you, go get some food, go get some water. Be, you know, have a good mind on you. But hey, more than that, let's fill these altars. Because if we don't make it through the blast, we know we'll make it up there. We know that our last breath here is our first breath there. And we will have that breath forever. He will wipe away every tear. He'll take away every sorrow. There'll be no more pain, no more sickness, no more death. And no more parting over there. Hallelujah. I want to embrace my future. I tell the church on Wednesday night, this is as bad as it gets. If you're a man or a woman of God, this is the worst your life will ever be. Right now, right here. Because we know how to prep. How do we do it? Well, pastor, the first thing you've got to do is pray. Oh, I know that. But are you doing it? I have found most people know what to do. They just aren't doing it. How many of you have a generator at your house just in case electricity goes out? Wow, there's a bunch of you. I don't have one yet. I probably should buy one. I just don't want the food in my refrigerator to go bad. You know, I don't even know where a flashlight is in my house. And should the electricity go off, which I've heard happens a lot in Oklahoma, I'm going to be caught unaware. I should have prepared. And that's what every one of you with generators would say. Well, Pastor, you should have been prepared. You should know that living in Oklahoma, I lived here for two years, for three days with no wind. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. We were at the Easter egg hunt the other day. Some of those parents were out there. 40 mile an hour wind. I got my vehicle. It was 30 degrees. For Easter. What's wrong with you people? You walk like this. There's never, it never stops. So the electricity is going out, right? If we live here long enough. I'm telling you, if you live long enough, your life is going to stop one day. Just a fact. You've got to be ready. I need to get a generator. You need to get Jesus. You need to make sure you're prepared for that moment when you stand face to face and he looks at you and he says, I know your name. It's written right here in the Lamb's Book of Life. Enter into the joys of the Lord forevermore. I know you. You're my child. You, I've been watching over you. I've been feeding you and clothing you. And I've been defending for you. I've been fighting your battles when you didn't even know I was there. I've never left you, never forsaken you. I never will. It's so good to see you face to face. Hallelujah. I can't wait for that moment. Can you? Embracing it. And me and him by ourselves. Are going to walk around heaven. You're not invited. <laughs> now every one of us. We're going to have personal. Personal preferences. I love that. Some people today are going. Oh man. Wait. Pastor. Aren't you afraid of dying? No. I'm afraid of who's going to preach my funeral. <laughs> what are they going to say? No. I'm not afraid of dying. Because I know. I will see him. Face to face. Not through a glass dimly. But face to face. Man, I will be able to find my friends and my loved ones and, and I won't have any more pains and pops and cracks and all that stuff when I stand up anymore or anything like that. And I wake up in the morning, it's like there's a war going on. What? Yeah. None of that anymore. Why? Because I've been praying for the future. 
Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen, I am going to win a prize. I love prizes. I love winning, don't you? I love coming in first. For goals to be met, goals must be set. Paul said, I have goals in my life and I'm going to achieve them through Jesus Christ. Some people today are living their lives with no goals. Well, you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Fail to plan, plan to fail, all those things. We today have time to prep our lives, not only for the present, but for the future. Because the present is all we have. This might be the last message some of you hear, and this might be the last message I preach. And if it's the last message I preach, I want to tell you I love you, but not half as much as my father loves you today. And he sent his son, and he died on the cross for you. And he rose again to give you hope, and to give you life, and to give it to you in abundance. And I want you, to, I want you to know him. I want you to know him personally. I want you to know him personally. I don't want anybody to stand in front of God and go, my pastor didn't tell me. Who's your pastor? Dwayne Bardwell right there. Pastor, get over here. I don't want that. I want to stand with clean hands and a pure heart. Nobody's blood on my hands except Jesus. And I want to tell you that unless you know Him, you're not getting in. There is no other door. There is no other name than Jesus Christ and Him crucified by way of getting into that pearly gate except Jesus Christ. No other way. And society today is telling you every road leads to heaven. Just be a good person and love neighbors. No. You've got to stop and you've got to bow your knee and bow your heart and say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Wash me and cleanse me white as snow. I'm so sorry for sin in my life. I love you. Please forgive me. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. That's the only way. But if you do that, you'll get there. But why? Because you've met a goal. You gotta pray. I gotta hurry. You gotta practice. Preppers practice. They tell their family, if you hear this, here's what you're gonna do. And man, they've got it planned out and they practice this thing. Run through it. Why? Because they don't want anybody they love to be hurt. And they want everybody they love to be accounted for. We have meeting places. We're going to meet here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And everybody's to be accounted for. And they practice, practice, practice. Why do we have church? To practice. Why is it loud? I don't want you to be shocked when you get there. Some people go think, oh, it's a place of quiet and reverence. Read the book. And there were voices of millions and millions and millions. And they were casting their crowns on the glassy sea. And they were joining with the angels saying, Hallelujah! Wow! That doesn't sound quiet to me. And there were the voices. And there were the trumpets. And there were the cherubim and the seraphim singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Some people are going to get to heaven and go, Whoa! What is this place? It's so loud. Where's my earplugs? Hey, your ears will be healed. Those of us that cannot sing, we'll sing. Ooh, what? That's me? Yeah. We got to practice now. Practice your worship. Practice your praise. 
practice your singing. If you can't do it very well, make a joyful noise. That's what he said. I want whatever you got, but the best of it. Practice it. And then have a plan. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of dream killers out there today. There's a lot of opposition. All biblical heroes faced opposition. Every one of them. And at times, every one of them failed. You and I will have failures. That's why there's mercy and grace. I thank God that my whole life is just dripping in the mercy of God. I thank God for that. I need His mercy. I need His grace. But that's why He gives it. Because He knows I need it. And because of His mercy and grace, I don't fear standing in front of Him. I embrace it. Well, Pastor, aren't you afraid that there's going to be something that it's in your heart? I'm not proud. But I know this morning I prayed, Lord, if there's anything in my heart, anything in my mind, if there's any word or deed that is unpleasing to you, would you please forgive me and wash me white as snow? I can't preach if I don't pray that prayer first. I can't live on Monday if I don't pray that prayer first. I can't go through life if I don't pray that prayer every day of my life because I don't want there to be anything between me and God. How many? Well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to start asking. How many of you need to lose weight? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I know some people right now who are going through Weight Watchers. And do you know what they have to do once a week? Weigh in. In front of people. And they tell the other people what their weight is. Can you imagine? Now, the only reason they don't fear, well, sometimes they might. But the most of the reason why they don't fear stepping on the scale each week is because they know they've been good all week. I haven't cheated. I stayed below my points. I'm good. I did good. I was, I was a good boy. I was a good girl this week. Where's those scales? I know it's going to show I've lost some weight. And they step up there. Yes! I lost three pounds. Hallelujah! They're not fearing it. You know why? Because probably every one of them have a scale in their house. And every morning they get on it. How am I doing? Shouldn't have had that chocolate cake and ice cream at 9 o'clock last night. Shouldn't have had that bowl of Cheerios. I mean three bowls of Cheerios last night. How many like eating cereal about 9 o'clock at night? Isn't it just the best thing ever? Praise God. But every day they get on there and it gives them an evaluation of how they're doing. And they want to do good. So if they had a bad day, you know what they do? Step off quick. And they declare, today I will do better. Today I won't cheat. Today, you know why? Because the scale doesn't know who's on it. It doesn't say, oh, 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 oh well, you're your pastor, so I'm going to take it easy on you because I know you had a stressful week and you had some stress eating there, so I'm going to just be nice to you. Scales don't care. They don't have feelings. And i got to tell you that God is just. He loves you, but He's just. So when you step on the scale of life, it's going to tell you the truth. When you read the Word of God, it's going to speak the truth to you, just like I speak the truth to you. And sometimes it causes us to go, oh, wait a minute, I don't like that. 
I don't like it when I step on the scale and it says, hey, one at a time, please. <laughs> I don't like that. Our scale has an attitude. Yeah, we got one that tells you your BMI, your body mass index, all this stuff. I hate it. But I still get on it every, every morning, I wait, every morning. Some mornings I go, hallelujah, praise God. I love you, love you, love you. Some mornings I get on there and I want to cast it as far as the east is from the west. Because it tells me the truth. And I'm trying to tell you truth today. We need to be prepared for the moment when an angel shouts and a trumpet sounds. If we don't live long enough to hear that, we need to be ready for when we take our last breath because we don't know when it's going to happen. Here's what I do know, that my life is like a vapor. It is here today. It is gone tomorrow. It is like the grass that is here, but then it withers. It is like a rose, and then it fades. It is very temporal. But I also know this, that eternity is forever. That's a long time. And I'm here today to get us prepped. I want us to pray. I want us to plan. And I want us to practice. Because whenever you stand before God and step on His justice scales, it tells the truth. It doesn't tell what you want everybody to think or what everybody's seen. It tells truth. I have two words that I write every day in my life multiple times. Be real. And I know I've shared that with you, but that is the model of my life. Just be real. Be the person that people think you are. Be the person that your wife thinks you are. Be the person that God says you are. Just be real. We don't need any more hypocrites. We don't need clouds without rain. We don't need the waves without the ocean. We've got a lot of people today, they got a lot of big thunder clouds that are making a lot of noise, but there's no rain coming out of it. We've got a lot of people today that one day it's fresh water, the next day it's salt water. We're so confused, they're confused. The Bible says those two things don't come out of the same well. Listen, I'm telling you truth today. I love you. And I love you so much, I want to make sure that you are prepped and ready to go. I know you've heard it, but it can happen at any minute. And it's burning inside of me today. Such an urgency to tell you, you've got to be ready. Because in what hour you think not, he will come in like a thief. You won't be expecting it. You didn't expect that intersection to happen yesterday. You won't expect it. I had a moment in my life, 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up in convulsions. I could not speak. I could not. Sandy walked in. She sees me. She, she what's going on? I had no control. All, all I remember is I'm in the emergency room, and I look over there, and there's like six doctors around Sandy, and she's crying. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, they're telling her I'm dying. That's what comes in your mind. But what happens when I said that? All of a sudden, the peace come over me. Wait a minute. If I'm dying, I'm about to see Jesus. Whew. I love
love my wife, I love my kids. I love, love, love my grandkids. But my first love was Jesus. First love is Jesus. Your first love has got to be Jesus. I will have no other gods before me. And if we will prepare with generators and food and water and put money in the bank accounts for rainy days, those are all good. Why are we not preparing for the rapture? Because it can happen at any minute. I have found that when people get sick, they go to the doctors. But I have found that when people sin, they quit coming to church. When they need God more, they don't show up. Would you stand with me today? Prepping. Preparing. What are you preparing for today? What are you prepared for today? We're going to have a picnic in just a minute. We don't have to worry about being late because you're bringing the food. But those of you who brought food, you didn't just show up at church and go, oh, there's some food in my car. How did it get there? No. This week, you remembered, hey, we're having a picnic. And you go, I've got to buy something. Then I've got to prepare it. And then I've got to bring it. And some of you spent quite a bit of time preparing. Because they tell you, don't bring just enough for you. Bring enough for somebody else. So you're prepared not only to bring enough for your family, but a little bit extra for somebody else. But we have guests today who we invite you to stay. So pre preparation. We've got tables already set up back there. Preparations. We, we prepare. We prepare for all these things in life. And yet what I've found is when it comes to the things of God, we just go, oh, there's plenty of time. Oh, wait a minute. i got plenty of time for that, Pastor. I'm still young. Had a young man in our church, 17 years of age, great athlete, great student, working at Walmart, 17. He goes in one day, punches his card, goes to the cash register, checks out one person, falls over dead. You're not guaranteed another breath. You're not. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm, not, I'm just telling you the truth. That young man, 17, had no other outward reasons. He fell over. Had a heart attack. His heart exploded, actually. Fell over dead. An athlete. And then there are those who live to be 100, 105, 110. I don't understand the length of life. All I know is God sets that parameter. My job is not to try and figure out how long I'm going to live. My job is to figure out that i got to live in such a way that I'm prepared. I'm ready to go moment in the twinkling of an eye. I stood at the graveyard the three times in the last two weeks. And at the last one I said, this is going to be the most happy place when an angel shouts and a trumpet sounds. The dead in Christ rise first. I've always told it, but I want to be at a graveyard when that happens. Because I want to see them pop and go and then I'm going, I'm just about fixing to happen to me. Fixing to happen to me. I'm ready! Can't wait! 
embracing the future. If you're here today, say the future is uncertain. You're not prepared. Say, Pastor, I am not 100% confident that if the Lord was to come today that I've got everything ready to go. I'm not 100% confident. Well, I'm here today to tell you, you need to get 100% confident. There needs to be no guessing. It's too valuable of a moment to guess about. There shouldn't be any wavering, any wondering because it's too important. It's eternity. And it will set you in a place for the rest of eternity. Heaven, hell, no in-betweens. All roads do not lead to heaven. There's only one door, one way, and that's Jesus Christ. And if you've heard something else, I'm here to tell you. All I'm doing is telling you the truth. And the truth will set you free. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not 100% sure. I want you to step out from where you're at and come down here and get prepped today. You don't have to wait another minute. You can make sure that your life is secure in Christ, secured in Him for an eternity right now. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.